Hello and welcome back to the 10th Pine Podcast. We're here with me, Lucas Normal, and Beefham. All right, lads. We're also here with boxer Sam Maxwell. How are we, mate? Good, mate. Good. Good to see Good to be here. Well, yeah. First one, not in the studio, like, so... No, it's bizarre, this, isn't it? I know, it is really, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, we normally get started off with, like, how did you get into boxing and that type of thing? Okay. Yeah, well, um, I used to... Do- I lived in London and um, I used to do kickboxing in London, like semi-contact kickboxing. And uh, I was, I enjoyed it. So when I moved up to Liverpool, uh, my mom put me in a local kickboxing gym and I, yeah, I liked it. But my cousin was at a, a boxing gym and I thought I'll go down and join and see what that's like for a, for a day or two. And I just went the first day. I just enjoyed it. And I just, yeah, I just liked it better than kickboxing. I just stuck at boxing then and uh, just, just, just went with it. So obviously you've been to like the ABA, you've been to some big tournaments as an amateur. But I think like, what would you say the highlight of your amateur career was? Highlight of my amateur career, uh, probably winning the ABAs the first time because it uh, is a big deal for me because you know maybe always doubted doubted how good I could be, and I just left my old gym and moved to the Solly, and uh, just went in the ABAs that year and uh, yeah, just proved to myself that I'm, the, I'm how good I was and, and won the title and. Uh, yeah, just it was, it was a springboard for my career as well. Won the ABAs, um, got entered into the GB tournament, won the, won the G- Great British tournament, and um, yeah, got picked for G- Team GB. So definitely winning the 2011 um, ABA championships at, at lightweight. So how old was you when you had your um, first amateur fight? My first amateur fight, uh, yeah, 11, I think I was. 11, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was... So I went in straight into the schoolboys and like back... Back then, you had to do like a thing called a proficiency test. If you haven't had any fights to go in a, a championship, you have to have a thing called a proficiency test. And um, so I went, did a training, sparred the, this kid, um, Gary Austin, his name is. I know him now, see him now. I, I want the rematch of him as, as sparring <laughs> him. And uh, I, I just battered him. I got a better of him in sparring. I was thinking, yes, easy. But then uh, in the tournament, I got in the schoolboys, I drew him. Um, oh, so I was like, oh, I just battered him last week in sparring, like, this would be easy. But uh, yeah, he just, it was different on the fight night and he just got a better than me, a bit more experienced, a bit tougher. And um, yeah, just just beat me. I was gutted, wounded, but uh, um, went back to the gym straight away on Monday, the next, that, that, that following Monday and uh, got back got back to it. Yeah, and I see him now, I see him, he's, we train at, uh, he trains at, well, he used to train at Frankie Knuckles Boxing, the amateur boxing club. And I see him, and he's still he's still about the same size as when when I fought him. To be honest, <laughs> I was like, oh, I wish I would have gone for the rematch, but he, he uh, he's not into boxing anymore. Though he just just ticking over kind of thing. Yeah. Was it always boxing? Was there like obviously you said you started at eleven there? Was it always like you're gonna become a professional boxer, or was there any anything else? No, I just mean like I um, I just loved boxing from the first day I went. I joined when I, when I was ten. I went, and um, I just loved everything about it, like the atmosphere, like how hard everyone trainers look. Uh, just, just brilliant. Loved it. Loved the competitiveness of it. But uh, I also was doing um, kickboxing. I was very good at kickboxing. And uh, I was playing rugby. And I liked rugby, but I was just too small. Like, I would like show my woolly backside here. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like I used to play rugby for a team called Fatsui Crusaders. And I loved that as well. But I was just too small. No good. No good, really. Do you mean? And um, but it was only till I was about... So my record, till I would say... 14, 15 was just 50, 50. It wasn't that good. It wasn't 50, 50, but like it wasn't a standout record. You wouldn't look at my record and think he's going to be a champion. In it was only when I was 15, I went into the junior ABA final, 15 or 16. I went to the junior ABA final and I got to the final. I beat some top kids and it was only then I realized, right, oh, I'm good. At, I really 
good at this. Like, this is something I could do. And I, I remember getting, I got a award in school for, uh, for sports through getting to that final. And um, the school gave me a grant as well to, to get a head guard. And it was just, um, I realised, oh, yeah, this, this is for me. I'm good at this. And that's where I started pushing on and taking it a bit more seriously. Just staying on topic, like, with your amateur career and that, obviously you fought Lomachenko in 2015. Like, how good is he? Because I watched you fight before. With Lomachenko, it was at the World Boxing Series, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, how good is he? Unreal, lad. Uh, twice I fought him in that in, in like three weeks difference. Once in Kiev, I went to Kiev. I was supposed to box um, like Rudenko. He pulled, he never turned up, and Lomachenko turned up, and, and I ended up having to fight him. I was gutted, lad. But <laughs> uh, the sec- I'm glad that the second time I fought him, I wasn't supposed to fight him again. It was supposed to be um, like John Joe Nevin. He was from Ireland. But uh, something went wrong with, with his contract, so we didn't end up fighting for us. And then uh, Josh Taylor was supposed to be fighting him. And Josh Taylor, like a week before, um, we, when we trained on Team GB, he just went over on his ankle, sprained his ankle, so he couldn't fight him. So I had to do it again. But I'm glad I did because the second time I did a lot better. But he, he's unreal. I, it, it, it's like he knew what I was going to throw before before I even threw it. Do you mean? So yeah. like, yeah, I was just, just unreal. I didn't even want to throw anything because I knew he's just going to slip and counter or do something. It's just, did you just have hard. that reputation before you, like, obviously now because it's on a bigger stage, the pros, did he have that reputation of being, like, one of the pound-for-pound best in the world in the amateurs as well? Best, one of the best amateurs of all time. Like, one, one of the best. Like, there's been some greats. But uh, he was he had, like, 390 amateur fights at the time. Uh, only lost one to Selimanov. And, um, yeah, he's double Olympian. And yeah. I've just literally just got on the squad. I've only been on the squad for a year. So, uh, but I think like people, like the coaches do well. They don't want, they tell you he's good and they show you videos of him, but they, they let, they let you know that you can, you can beat him. Look, look, you can land this shot on him and yeah. stuff like that. Like try and big you up a little bit to keep you not feeling so negative. But uh, yeah, he was just unreal. I believe you could beat him though. Like honestly. I thought I could. The first time I was thinking, oh, he's unlucky. Uh, I got a drawing, but I'm going to beat him. Then um, beat me easily the first time. But then the second time again, I thought, I'll beat him this time. I'll land my one twos. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him. Like I believe I really did believe in myself. And the coaches maybe gave me a bit of confidence to think, yeah, you can beat him. But yeah, he's just, he's just too good. So obviously you made the transition to being a pro. Actually, actually, no, we'll go back to you won the Commonwealth medal as well, bronze medal. Yeah. Uh, 2014. That was it. I had a really good year. 2014 was probably one of my best years in the amateurs. Yeah, I won a lot of tournaments and. Um, then went went on to box in the Commonwealth. And only, only lost to Josh Taylor. And look look how well he's done now. It's a close yeah. fight with him as well. And he's gone on to be world champion, could be unified world champion. So no shame in that loss. And uh, yeah, probably that was my my biggest medal as in the amateurs. Like most known, like because I'd be going to tournaments and beating Russians and um, Kazakhstanis and no one really cares. No one knows. Like your mates don't even know. But like everyone got to see me in the Commonwealth. And it was a big moment for me. Like, Everyone got loads of recognition. It was that it was it was a good tournament. So why why not the Olympic? Because normally that seems like the natural step for someone that's a successful amateur, especially in Britain. For me to go to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, well, I joined the squad in 2012, and um, I got picked to go to the last national um, Olympic qualifier, and it was in Trabzon, Turkey. Yeah. And. Um, I beat the number one seed. This the only person to beat Lomachenko. This could lad could Albert Salmonov. And I drew him in the first round. And I remember everyone was like patting me on the shoulder, like, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if you lose, like good good luck next time. Like it's a, he's a he's a tough competitor. But I beat him, I stopped him in the third round, and uh, then 
I was, but the only thing it was that was like a gold medal for me because no one expected me to win. It was like once I beat him, it was like it's like I could relax then. Whereas I, I wish I would have fought him in for the medal in the final because I would have got to the Olympics. But um, I, I beat him, then I boxed like called from Mon Moldova, like called Peter Apostle, and I uh, beat him. And then for the for my medal, it was against Turkey, um, the Turkish fighter. We used, the lad was from Trabzon as well, um, and it was a close fight. The first round, the first round was close. And then we, I thought, I went back thinking oh, I might have just lost lost that round and um, like 2-1 or something because it was back to when it was computer scoring. And uh, I was losing 10-0. I just was like, I remember just being in the corner like there's no way I can win. I just felt so yeah. sorry for myself and yeah, just just not good. But I was this close to going to 2012 Olympics and then um, yeah, never went. Stuck in, stuck in the amateurs. Getting You get good funding in the amateurs as well. Good, well paid on GB squad. Uh, that's why they pay you well so you stay amateur. And yeah. then I went to the Commonwealth for, I'll try and stay for the 2016 Olympics, but um, a, a lad came through called Pat McCormick and he hit form just, I'm just, as I was like dipping, dipping a bit of form really and starting to lose a bit of form, losing a bit of motivation, he just took off and it took my, took the spot and he deservedly took the spot, but um, that's why I didn't go to 2016 either. So obviously then you've turned pro, like, so why, why why did you turn pro? Why did you not stay amateur and maybe chase like the next Olympics or? I because I, I was I was getting old, you know. I was 27, 26 or twenty seven. I can't remember. Getting old anyway, um, and I would have just known. I would have been full of regrets, thinking, oh, I should have turned pro. I should I could have done this. I could have done that. So I just thought it was the right time. You know, I'd lost a bit of motivation. I'd been there for five years, and I just thought it's the right time to turn pro. And um, you know, I've still got a lot to offer in the in the in the in boxing, and I can I can definitely make a statement. And the pro I was looking at some of the some of the pros around, and I'm thinking, you know, I can get up there with with these names. Yeah. Do you know turning them from? How did you find like going into like turning the media spotlights and stuff like that? How did you find all that? Turning pro. Yeah. Well, being on Team GB, so you get a lot of you got we got a lot of practice and it's a great setup. They they have media training days for us and yeah. help us. Are we going to answer questions and you know, take it like it just really good? So that put me in preparation for it. And plus, I went in that W uh, World Boxing Series WB what's it called WSB World yeah. Series Boxing, and so that was like being a pro as well. We've got a lot of recognition. Um, literally, the, even down to the fights were like being professional. So turning pro was just. It, it wasn't that much of a transition for me. Yeah. If anything, my fit, like, because I didn't get a proper test on my Tim attempt fight for, for my title. Like, I remember my debut just fighting the journeyman. And, like, in box, in amateurs, you might throw throw a few shots and they, they're not going to land. You find someone who's very, very good. And I remember just being in the debut, I was through like four shots and every shot landed. I was just like, what? This is just mad. <laughs> and, uh, I they carried away, tried, tried to land 10 or 20. And it, yeah, I just blew up, uh, blew a gasket. I was tired then, so I didn't end up getting a stoppage. But yeah, it was a it was a good transition for me. I think it was a great setup on um, Team GB and it uh, put me in good preparation for turning pro. So it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Did you say like the like, I like... haven't really hit the spotlight yet. I think my next fight, um, that'll be the one. Hopefully, you know, I'll get a big fight and, and then I, people are get known a bit more known. Like after my last win against Joe Hughes, I got a bit more recognition from from the boxing people, but I still haven't really hit. The mainstream, like mm -hmm. more casual type fans, but uh, hopefully they get to see me this year and in some big fights. Yeah, you have that knockout that's got like a that's, is it like a million views? Is it against the um... yeah, like maybe more? That's crazy. What what were you thinking in that round? Because like he's sort of like toying, isn't he? A bit like he's messing around, thinking he's won the fight and that. 
Yeah. Like, I was just thinking, fucking hell. Like, uh, my coach, Danny, he says to me, he said, Sam, you need a back, big round. You need a big round here. So that basically means you need you need um, a knockout. So then I start the round and boxing, trying thinking like, how, what, what shots are going to land in that? And then he, he catches me a bit off guard and I wobble again. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, oh man, I've lost this round. Like definitely lost this round. Like I'm going to have to, I'm really have to go and put it on him now. And he starts showboating, dancing. I'm thinking, but I, in my head, I was thinking he's tired. That's why he's doing it. Because if he wasn't tired, he would have just jumped on me through those other shots. He's just trying to bluff, trying to kid his way through the round. So I was just thinking, please just let me, let me catch him. Let me get him. And then um, the first time in the whole fight, I just planted my feet and just let two shots go. And it, it, um, they both landed and he, everything just worked perfect. He held his feet. He came in a little bit. I held my feet through the shots, landed. And I uh, just seen him going down. I uh, uh, seen him hit the floor heavy. But I just was thinking, ah, let's see if you get up now. Like, I didn't think I'd, I'd knocked him out. But I was buzzing yeah. that I got him. Like, I was, like, screaming at him, saying, like, look, like, you, it's your turn now. And um, <laughs> he never got up. I was, like, mad. Yeah, just, like, best thing yeah. ever. Such like, a relief, uh, lad. It was, it was a massive relief. It's the stuff of dreams, that life, isn't it? Like, if you're writing yeah, a like, story, that'll be the end of the morning. Isn't it? Like, people go the whole career without a moment like that. And um, you know, so I, I got to test everything about myself there. I know if I ever get in a fight and, um, you know, I'm hurt or I know what my corner's like if I'm hurt, they, they still got the belief in me. And it was just, I learned a lot about the fight. I got memories of it everywhere. My bear just bought me for Christmas. She bought me, like, um, a mouse mat for my computer. I'm, on a, I'm at the computer. <laughs> computer <here. laughs> and then she bought me a calendar. The first the January is that. <laughs> January, lad. I'm milking it. Yeah. Buster. <laughs> is there anyone that you've got your eye on then talking about future fights that, like, you know? Yeah, I'm fighting the British champion, um, the British and Commonwealth champion. His name is Akeem Ennis Brown. Um, so he's my next opponent. We haven't got a date set yet because of this, this COVID thing, but that's my next fight. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I can't wait for it. Can't wait for the fight. I'm, I'm going to put on a show, I feel, and, you know, I'm not underestimating him because he's beat some some really good names, like big names in the, in boxing at my weight. But uh, I know he's not for anyone like me, and I'm I'm looking forward to looking forward to going and showing just how good I am. Do you know your last fight with Chirac? That was during yeah. COVID, weren't it? How did you yeah. find that? Like w- without a crowd and stuff like that, was it much different? It was a bit weird, but I'd experienced it in the amateurs. Like I've been to like Estonia, oh, yeah. boxing the sports all with 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 two people in there. So that side of it was good. What wasn't wasn't that bad, but it was just weird. I could hear the commentary, like they'd say, "Oh, like uh, Joe's Joe's using his jab, Sam's catching Sam with a few jabs there." Or like I could hear it, like thinking yeah. Yeah, it was just mad. And you could hear their corners saying things, and I could hear I could hear Danny, my corner, saying uh, a lot more as well. So it was, it was a weird experience, but uh, a lot less stress, like uh, selling tickets and making sure my family's yeah. in the venue and everyone's got in the right seats and everyone's there okay. Um, a lot less stress in terms of that, but. Uh, for the British, like all these people have paid so much money to come watch me over the years against journeyman and knocking them out in one round or, you know, um, not, not high level fights other than that severe one. So I, I just wish there was a crowd for this British title because yeah, people, they come watching me on all these little fights and I finally get a big fight, massive fights, yeah. and uh, they might not be able to get be there. So I'm just fingers crossed. It's, even if they only let like 200 fans in, so like we all get like 50 tickets each or something like that. Yeah, is it harder yeah. to get up for a fight like when no one's there? Because obviously you must get an adrenaline rush from the fans and your family being there. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily I'm not one that goes off that. Like some people that might hold their performance, they they need the buzz of the crowd, they need the, to drag them on or or pick them up. But I don't like I'm. 
I, I guess with the camera there, anyway, you know there could be 100,000 people watching at home, so you know you need to be at your best. And um, But no, it doesn't really... It's easy for me to get up for it because um, I don't see it as any different. Like, when you're in the ring, you've got tunnel vision anyway, so there could be 10,000 people in the crowd, but there could be one, like, you don't you don't even really realise. So what, what in the future, like, what's the... What do you think the... the what's the what's your dream, like... Where you want to finish off boxing, like what you want to achieve, what is success, so to speak? Well, my next fight is a massive one for me because I remember growing up watching um, all the shows on Sky when Frank Rommel was on Sky. Like it, for people winning British titles and massive fights, and like I could, I'm gonna have that title. I'm gonna have that title and Commonwealth title, and I'll go down. Like there's a there's a man called um, Keith Wallace. He he's from Round Mine by Pres in, in Prescott, mm. and uh, he won the Commonwealth title as a pro. And done well in the amateurs. I did a bit. He went to the Olympics in the amateurs, so he did a little bit better than me, even though I won a mm. Commonwealth mm. Uh, medal. Um, but he won a Commonwealth title as a pro. So if I win British and Commonwealth, I'll be mentioned with him. So like, if anyone's talking about uh, the best people in Prescott, I'd have to be. I'd have to be named. That's what I'm hoping anyway. So it's a it's a big deal for me winning this fight. But then it opens so many doors as well. Like uh, I'm ranked because I'm currently I'm ranked 12th in the WBO, and um, the champions Ramirez and he's fighting Josh Taylor to unify the title. But say what either one of them unifies, they might move up and wait, so that will vacate the title. So I'm if I get myself to top ten ranking, I've got a shot to be picked by and if whoever the vacant two vacant people are fighting, I've got a chance to be in with that slot. So I, it could be a world title shot and world title, which it sounds it sounds mad like me saying it because uh, how, how far my career took off. But uh, that, that's a realistic goal for the next uh, year or two is uh, get a world title shot and then see what I can do. What would be your dream venue to do that in? My dream venue? I'd love to do it in, in Vegas. Vegas, yeah. yeah. something like that. Some big one Boston. like that. That would be unreal. Yeah. What, about what advice would you... Oh, go on, Luke. No, you go on, go on. I was about to say, what advice would you give to like a young up-and-coming boxer? I was thinking about this today. Like, um, obviously, if they if they're really considering to to go to the top level, uh, amateur or pro, I think you know picking the right gym for you, um, being dedicated to your sport, making not looking 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 past things, put your time in in, in the amateurs, put your, and then that's gonna set you up for the pros. But I was also thinking like there'd be, like there'd be times when I was younger and I I'd be fit, I'd be training training hard, training for the rounds. But I, in the fight, I might be a little bit tired um, after a round or two. And I think I'd be thinking, that's mad. Like, I've trained so hard for this fight. Why, why am I feeling tired? Like, it's not a drastic pace. But what it is, is nutrition. So I think it's a massive key thing for the kid, for the, any young boxer looking out. They've just got to start looking to get themselves in a position to get themselves a nutritionist, whether they get sponsored or um, whether they just find, like, find a way to, to, to pay for that themselves because it's, it's key. Like, my last fight against Joe Hughes, that was my first 10-rounder. First time going the distance for 10 rounds as well. And I just felt great. But I, I'd been fighting maybe a five-rounder and I trained just as hard. After four, three or four rounds, I was feeling a bit tired. Like, But this fight, higher pace, good pace, thinking and physically tiring. But I uh, felt great. And I think it's just literally down to my nutri nutritionist, um, Edward Tooley, uh, EC Nutrition. So, yeah, big key thing, guys. Get your nutrition sorted and that, that take you to the next level. What about psychology? Do you, have you ever like looked into sports psychology or work with a sports psychologist as well? 
definitely like we were like i said we're lucky on team gb we had the two sports psychologists so they teach you how to deal with um sent scenarios like in training or in fight or when you're feeling down when you're feeling up like how to how to deal with things and it's massive and like you don't realize how much of a big part that is of in boxing because some days you might you, you perform amazing and you and you and then another time you perform rubbish but you feel like you've trained both the same for them and literally it's just you how you feel psycho psychologically has made the difference in your performance and i'm a massive believer in that and um you know what I, what I found out as well is when you get to the level what I've been at in the amateurs and, and hopefully get to in the pros, we, we've got a, the lads who have got to that level, they've all got, even if they haven't had psychologists, they've all got their own things that they've been working for them anyway. Like we're all really good at dealing with our nerves, uh, motivating ourselves, you know, um, focusing on things we can control and things and ignoring things we can't control. But um, I think a psychologist will take that to another level and really develop more, more skills for yourself and uh, and benefiting from I just at the moment I don't have one from since GB but I Google things and go on the internet and there's some good sources there which you can um, which you can find but I've had a few messaging me lately over Instagram so I'm gonna have to get in contact with them before my next fight because I I really believe in um that's a that's a massive part of boxing is is your psychological your psychology I wish I could talk better I can't speak me. <laughs> What what um you decide to study a fighter before you um like get in the ring with them or do you leave that down to your coaches or whatever? No, definitely you, you sit down with your coach, watch them, um, because you you pick up people have habits and uh, what do you call them like habits and things they do things they do often. So even if they don't know they're doing it, it's just a, just a little thing, and you might your coach might be able to pick up on it, you might be able to pick up on it, your friend might be able to pick up on it. So you definitely want to be watching little things they do, but you don't want to be changing your game plan really massively to suit them or what they're going to be because people could just come up, turn up to the fight completely different. I've had that happen before in the amateurs where you're training for this guy, he boxes long, he moves around, and then you get to the fight and he just runs at you. So you don't really focus on too much, but you yeah. can, might pick on a habits like after he throws his right hand, he drops it a little bit, little things like that. Yeah. Um, definitely you want to be studying studying to to capitalize on them but um yeah I, I haven't watched any of Akeem yet but all the people around me have been watching watching him I was got planning on watching him today but I'll just start tomorrow yeah but uh, I, I, I don't know if you've seen him he's got the maddest style like you look at him he, he have you watched O'Hara Davis do you think he's terrible isn't he him yeah you've seen him I haven't seen he's him. a freak with his punching but he, he's terrible but uh this Akeem's off like that like he's that but he's that awkward and unorthodox that he, he's beaten some really good names so it's hard to, to read anything of him though because he, he, his style is just mad it's just just. do you have any um, superstitions you know, before your fights in there yeah yeah of course I had more in the amateurs but I still have a load now but um, I, I have to change my boxes I have to have a new pair of boxes uh, I have to have a new <laughs> pair of socks I've got my uh, lucky Buddha comes everywhere <laughs> yeah. I've got all kinds of but in the amateurs I had I, I must have had loads like I'd have to put my right glove on first my left glove on my right shoe my left shoe like all that but then um, or you, you you need to do little things like my my mum would always and my girlfriend always send me um, good luck cards and little things like that you, I always need that to make me yeah. feel good but then there'd be sometimes I go to a tournament and I've got nothing and I'm like oh I forgot my Buddha and I've not got my good luck cards and stressing and then I go and win the tournament and get best boxing. I'm thinking, 
ah, you know what, you don't even, you don't, <laughs> yeah, you don't need it. So it's not like my, the performance isn't dependent on it, but it, it just makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I like having them. What's the plan? I'm, I'm a narcissist. Look at my room. I got a picture of me there. <laughs> Shorts there. I'm, I'm, I'm a narcissist, you know, but it's not me. I never bought it for myself. My missus bought me that and she bought me the shorts as well. <laughs> Crazy. Have you got any plans like after boxing? You might not like have fought that far ahead yet, but have got any idea? Oh, definitely, it? definitely. Like I've not fought, like I have fought that far ahead, but uh, I don't know. Do you mean like what would I do? Like all I can do, all I can see myself doing is is boxing, but I might go into like personal training or um, something like that. But it, it, hopefully I get a world title shot, make some money, I can go into like property developing or something. <laughs> something easy. What what do you think of all this like YouTube boxing and that? Like that's quite big on Swiss at the moment. Yeah, like they're flying, they're getting paid millions because they've got the got a massive fan base. So everyone's no one cares about the level of boxing. They just want to see their favorite people fight and uh, yeah. smashing it. Absolutely smashing it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people know about like fighting McGregor or Mayover. It's just mad. And there's that much money involved that, that they have to take it seriously and they have to do it. Like, I, like a lot of people have a problem with it, don't they? But personally, I think like who's more likely to inspire a kid like now to go to like a boxing gym? It is a Logan Paul or a Jake Paul. And if that produces the next like like generation of boxers in Britain, that's like a good thing. It's just do you know what I mean? True. And people in it, what, what are people jealous or something? Do you mean it's like they're getting paid millions? They're, they're, they're opening boxing up to people who were, who were never going to watch boxing, like you said, no, never going to train in boxing. It's opening up to all these millions of people. So it's only only a good thing, I think. Especially if, like, so say that's the top of the bill, they put like a load of other um, fighters on that, that, you know, it promotes a higher level of boxing as well. So it's, it's yeah. a benefits, it benefits boxing, definitely. Have you got any more questions before we finish up, even? Um, yeah, we always finish on it. Um, what's your favourite pint? Pint? Yeah. What do I like? Like San Miguel. I'm going to say San Miguel. I haven't been on holiday this year. On holiday, it's San Miguel. Yeah, it's a good shelter. <laughs> <laughs> right, so um, thanks for watching, everyone. This episode sponsored by Aceropolis. If you want to go over to their Instagram. Or the yes, the Travelers is sick. Yeah, Annie, legend. I so we appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks a lot for that. Yeah, nice one. Right. No worries, Adia. Thanks for having me. Any anytime. When you get back to the studio back open, if you need anyone in, get get me in. That'd be good. Yeah, that. Definitely will. Okay. Yeah.